Welcome to the LU Moment. Thanks for listening. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University. Each week, we showcase the great events, activities, programs, projects, and people at Lamar University. Through hurricanes and tropical storms, not to mention a pandemic, Lamar University continues to do what it does best, teach online, in person, but socially distanced, and in a, in a hybrid with both in-person and online classes. And this week, some national rankings came out recognizing Lamar University for its teaching proficiency and success. The Bachelor's Degree Center, an organization that helps prospective bachelor's degree students find the best educational program most suited to their financial, educational, and personal situations, ranked Lamar University's online bachelor's degree in entrepreneurship, one of the top 15 best online bachelor's in entrepreneurship for 2020. The 2020 rankings of bachelor degrees in entrepreneurship were based on an institution's tuition cost, student satisfaction, and potential salary once they graduated. Additionally, College Consensus has recognized Lamar University as one of the most affordable online MBA programs for 2020. College Consensus combines the results of all of the most reputable college ranking publishers and thousands of real student interviews from around the web to provide a comprehensive ranking of a school's reputation. So Lamar University's online program features 30 credit hours of high-octane business leadership training. It has been crafted to provide graduate students with a comprehensive business and management education that includes core managerial accounting, finance, knowledge, and international management, marketing, strategic management, and economics courses. I uh, learned this past week that the number of people taking Lamar University's MBA program online has doubled in the last year. It's a great program. It's accessible. It's affordable. And the return on investment is top in the the, the national rankings. So uh, congratulations to Lamar University on both its MBA program and its bachelor's, uh, online bachelor's program for entrepreneurship. All right. Now I'm going to attempt to do something few journalists ever do, and that is I'm going to interview a physicist. Uh, With us this week is Dr. Philip Cole. Dr. Cole is the chair of the Department of Physics, a professor, and he's a renowned um, physicist. uh, The first time I visited with Dr. Cole, he was planning an international meeting. He he, um, is known uh, globally uh, for his work, and he was planning this meeting. Dr. Cole, was it in Italy that you were planning this big um, meeting of physicists? Yeah, this was a this was a this was a big meeting that took place in Venice, Italy, um, in November. Yeah. That's when they had the big flooding right there, so it was kind of interesting. And we had about thirty professors, and it was on understanding the nature of dark matter. And so we had about, like I said, about fifty physicists there. And I can tell you more about that. But yeah, that was a big thing. That was really the the um, it was the innovation uh, innovation science fun, fundamental science award from the. Betty and Gordon um, Moore Foundation. I remember that. Well, most recently, you you came across my desk again because you made headlines um, with an award from the National Science Foundation, uh, a grant for $225,000 to study the fundamental structure of nucleons. Uh, Black matter, nucleons, I got to tell you, it just, it's hard for for me to understand, but we're going to we're going to try to understand it and explain it. But first of all, I want to know a little bit more about you. I want everybody to know about you. Um, how long have you been at Lamar, and what was your path to, to coming to Lamar, Dr. Cole? Well, um, my path was t- 
taking U.S. Route 287. Okay, and I took it directly where I caught it in Laramie, Wyoming, and I drove southeast directly to Beaumont, Texas. I was a professor at at Idaho State University, but I think you're probably asking me um, um, <laughs> what my that not my literal path, but but right. other reasons. And so let me just say a little bit about it. My wife is a Cajun from from Louisiana. Okay. And I would come to this area a lot, okay, well, to to Louisiana. And I met her many years ago when we were both prof- assistant professors, and she's a professor of English, and she's now working here as a policy writer, and her name's Angela Petit. Okay, so, okay. So Southeast Texas, to me, was really an attractive option. And when they announced the position for chair at Lamar, you know, in the physics department, I applied, and it worked out, and I'm happy that I did. And so that was my pathway here. Um, of course, in background, you know, to become a physicist and a chair of physics, there's, there's some academic background. Um, and I, I can go into that later, but let's just say that I've, I've, gone, the, I've gone up through the ranks from, from graduate student, postdoc, research professor, assistant professor, associate professor, full professor, and now I'm chair. So to, talk to me. How do you know in your life you want to be... Uh, you want to study physics. You want to be a physicist. I mean, when does when did that occur to you? Were you, were you young? Yeah, um, actually, I'm. I was born in ninth, at the tail end of 1959 in September of 59. Okay. And so, I've always liked physics and astronomy, um, or science. I didn't know about physics, but I knew about science. And I've also been ever since I can remember a great fan of science fiction. Okay, and hard science fiction and time travel stories and alternate history. So I got hooked by the space program in the 60s. And so I watched everything about it on TV, and I read about the space program when I was a kid, and I also used to make model rockets, okay? And (laughs) and so it would be fun, Um, explosive, but fun. And then just just, just shy of my 10th birthday, uh, Apollo 11 landed on the moon. That was July 20th, 1969. Mm, So I I remember this fantastic memory. I was a kid, but I was just so enthused. Yeah. I'll say one more thing kind of funny. My wife turned exactly one years old on that day. Okay. Really? I didn't know her at that time, obviously. And then I'll say one more thing. There was a big... Yeah. Okay, so uh, the astrophysicist in public... Uh, speaker Carl Sagan was a big impact on my life. I followed his Viking mission to Mars, and mm-hmm. that landed again on July 20th, okay, 1976, by the way, and he was a prominent leader on the project. And so in high school, I read all his work. This is before Cosmos. Um, right. And then he gave a talk. He wrote a book, Intelligent Life in the Universe, and he co-wrote it with a Soviet scientist by the name of Shklovsky. And so he gave a talk at the University of Washington in 1976, and that got me even more hooked. And I'm from Tacoma, Washington, and so um, Seattle is just 40 miles away. And I just got my driver's license so I could drive up there. And then when it came to time to apply to college, um, I really didn't know where to go. and so I knew that Carl Sagan was at Cornell, and I figured if Cornell, if he, if, if Carl Sagan were at Cornell, that must be a good place. This is how a teenager thinks, okay? Exactly. <laughs> and and so I didn't have much of a backup plan, so I applied there, and I got luckily got it accepted. And so wow. then I had a lot of opportunities there. Um, 
you know, and, and so I, I decided to major in physics. I, I, I messed around a little bit with math and linguistics, and then in my junior year I had to make a decision, and I got a job at the accelerator there, and I worked there for two years, and they mm-hmm. paid me eight bucks an hour, which in 1981 through 83 is a lot of money. So it paid a lot rent. of money. Yeah. 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 And so I, I, I can go on, but that was a hook. And then I, I basically then went on and, and went, went to grad school, did well, and then kept on going. And, and I haven't looked back. But um, I would say these were the, I mean, there are certain influence, people who influence you, and Carl Sagan um, certainly influenced me. Well, so you kind of feel like with this National Science Foundation grant, and let's talk about that, what it is and what you'll be working on, do you feel like you've kind of come full circle from the 1980s? Because uh, is it the same kind of work? Um, no, it's, it's quite a bit different. Okay. Um, okay. I first was interested in becoming an astronomer or astrophysicist, and then when I worked at the accelerator at, at Cornell, it's a slightly different area of physics, but Okay. It's similar. It's similar in scope. I mean, I mean, now I'm 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 nitpicking. So it's similar in scope. But but the thing is, I was a I was a I was very junior. Okay, so I was a batch operator. So what we would do is load tapes on tape drives, and I did this from eight in the morning to five thirty and eight eight in the afternoon, or eight in the evening, excuse me, to five thirty in the morning. And I would do this on Friday nights and Saturday nights. And so that's the public, okay. yeah, well, that's how I get my 19 hours. And, right. then, uh, and so um, that's what I did. I was, and then I started to learn to code there, and then I, and, and that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but I, I was basically a batch op, what they call batch operator. The, those things don't exist. That job doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Okay. So to bring us fast forward, and let's talk about some of the projects you've worked on that that lead to this National Science Foundation grant, and uh, the significance of that project. Okay. Well, the significance of that project is to understand the 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 mystery of the proton. Okay. And so, I want to understand the conundrum that is a proton, and through that, I want to understand the structure and internal workings of protons and neutrons. Now, let me tell you what a proton is. A proton is, if I took a proton about the size of my fist, right, Mm -hmm. the electron would be about six miles away. So most of space is empty. Okay. And then the number of atoms in a glass of water is 10 trillion trillion atoms. So proton is really small, okay? And so I, there's internal structure to the proton, and we're doing an experiment at Jefferson Lab where we, let's just say I could not know, and I'm just going to give an example. I, let's say I had a bunch of watches, okay? okay, identical watches. And I couldn't know, I can't open it up with a screwdriver or anything like that, but one thing I could do is I could take little BB balls and aim them at different directions and different speeds and see, you know, hit them and see all the shards of the glass come out, and then I could see the internal workings, such as the gears, the cogs, the wheels, mm-hmm. the, the springs, you know, what happens. Now, obviously, right. protons are not made out of springs and things, but right. they're made out of internal structure. And so when we interact with them, things, different particles appear, and how they appear and how they're distributed in space tells us a lot about, you know, the, how things fit. And so we want to understand protons. Now, 
99.95% of all mass in the visible universe is formed of protons and neutrons. And so it behooves us to understand, understand that. And so, um, you know, and the thing is, for me, it's intellectual curiosity. But yes. we know that all things lead to applications. Now, what the applications are, I don't know. But, but it, you know, it could take centuries, and it may lead us to the stars. Who knows? But I'll say one right. thing. Ben Franklin once quoted, or once said, and I'll, I quote, he said this, what use is an infant? You know, what use is an infant? And we know that that infant becomes a toddler, becomes an adolescent, mm-hmm. becomes an adult, and may become, you know, a great scientist. So what use mm-hmm. are, and so what use is an infant? So mm-hmm. at Lamar, I see our job is nurturing this infant, and then we can play, we can play on the world stage, you know, in understanding mm-hmm. uh, what makes a proton a proton. Interesting. So you're starting this project and students are involved. And we just, you know what, Dr. Cole, we're running out of time. We've got about two minutes. Students are involved. Talk to us about um, what this, how this project uh, is, is going to impact the students at Lamar University. Well, first of all, they'll get to paid for doing this work at $10 an hour for 19 hours a week, and they can get summer support for 10 weeks, you know, in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then the money will t- also enable them to work at these labs that I work at, which I haven't talked about, University of Bonn and Jefferson Lab, which is a crown jewel in Newport News, Virginia. Mm. Okay. And okay. then they'll give them insight and real applications in uh, high-level research. And, right. And so when they go decide to move on to graduate school or something else, they'll have a leg up. They will actually see how science is really done at these top, you know, top-notch places, and I will say this much, and I haven't talked about my background so much, but I had an opportunity like this um, as 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 an undergraduate working in Germany, and um, it was it was keen on it helped me immensely for my career because mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's it it will basically it's a learning opportunity, but they do very useful work and they learn yeah. lots of stuff, and I need students to help me. Well, and that's, what, that's one of the things Lamar is really known for is experiential learning, um, uh, our relationship with industry and with business, and it really provides uh, students with uh, practical application. Uh, Dr. Cole, we, we're out of time. It's been great visiting with you. Congratulations on your, your, uh, your grant from the National Science Foundation. We're excited to know more. And as you move into it, will you come back and tell us some of the discoveries that you've made? Okay, I, I will gladly do that. I want to thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to speak with you. All right. Thank you so much, and uh, thank you for listening to the LU Moment. I'm Shelley Vitanza, the Director of Public Affairs at Lamar University, the pride of Southeast Texas.